Hello humans, hello humans. Let's talk a little bit about time. Time is good stuff. Now, most of the uh, academic world, all the physicists, uh, all of these kind of people, uh, all the scientists and electronics guys, everybody that uh, thinks about time, uh, has a an understanding about time in our universe that I disagree with, and um, is their version of um, understanding of time is not very well um, qualified nor quantified. They can't really explain time; they talk around it. Uh, so, my understanding of time is that time is what powers all of the universe. Uh, we have a pulse of time, 22 trillion times a second, 22 trillion iterations of it per second. We have this uh, pulse. Uh, the pulse has a duration. That's why we experience duration. We name duration as, as an aspect of time. Uh, but in my way of thinking, time powers everything. And most of the academics would have you believe that the universe exists whether or not there is time in it. And that's not really good thinking. Just like you can't have a molecule without the space for it to exist, you also can't have that molecule uh, without the time for it to exist. And so time is every bit a uh, fundamental characteristic of universe, of our materium within the universe, just as is space. and. To a great degree, academics in the science businesses uh, think of space or, or time very much the same way as they think of space, as, as something that's required, but something that's not very interesting and doesn't do much. Um, uh, so uh, their understanding of both space and time are um, uh, not appropriate, okay? So sort of ask backwards. Um, so I'm, there is no Big Bang. Uh, Big Bang uh, theory does not explain time, doesn't explain duration, doesn't explain energy in universe, uh, doesn't explain where the Big Bang came from or any of that, right? It has, it's very much like a religion in the sense that, and God decreed and there was a Big Bang, you know? And it's like, okay, that doesn't explain anything, it just labels some shit, right? Um, but in my way of thinking, uh, this pulse uh, goes through universe. When it crosses itself, there's a level of complexity increase. When you increase the complexity enough, you get uh, the appearance of matter. When matter appears, it must have space in it. And so the little bloop theory uh, is that we're continuously creating matter. Bloop, 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 bloop. And every time one of the little bloops creates a bit of a hydrogen ion, which is the very first lowest level of matter to be created, um, we get space with it. Now, uh, the Large Hadron Collider that the academics are using to smash our hydrogen atoms into smaller and smaller bits will accommodate them as long as they uh, uh, wish to run it, but they will never, ever, ever find their God particle. They'll never, ever, ever find a particle that has consciousness or that could have consciousness, nor will they find a particle that has time. They won't be able to ever separate it all. Um, 
We know that this is possible, though, because of uh, Cozy Rev's experiments with time. Uh, Cozy Rev was actually able to have manufactured uh, what they called mirrors, uh, but these mirrors didn't reflect really anything. Uh, they're concentrators, and so they're not reflectors of light, uh, nor any other kind of a radiation, but they're more like a, a time trap, a time concentrator. And um, uh, these mirrors had, they performed a lot of experiments uh, in the 90s and the 2000s, and then we lose the, um, well, it was the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s, and then we lose the thread. I mean, they, they were apparently, uh, these Cozy Rev mirrors were apparently um, taken over by the Russian state and have disappeared into their version of um, uh, obscured classified material. Prior to that, we have the Cozy Rev mirrors being used up near Finland, uh, where they were indeed concentrating time and people had uh, effects from being exposed to concentrations of time. And many of these effects, uh, we will note, have, have similar analogs uh, to psychedelic journeys. Okay, so they, uh, the symptoms of being exposed to concentrated time in the Cozy Rev mirrors, which were highly polished aluminum, uh, they were not, um, they were aluminum sheets that had been turned into or, or made into a spiral. So if you look down on, uh, from the top and you look down at them, uh, they were in this, uh, spiral, uh, uh creation. I mean, they had, you know, uh, supports and so on, but there was basically a, it was kind of like a spiral tunnel. And, it, and in that sense, it was like an acoustic horn, the reverse of an acoustic horn. And so the wide end, so to speak, would capture the time and funnel it deeper and deeper and deeper into the uh, narrow end of the Cozy Rev mirror. And uh, if you went in there, you would experience this time uh, in a concentrated fashion, and it would actually uh, mess with your mind. It would alter your perceptions uh, of the reality. Uh, it would um, augment those perceptions, and it would provide you with um, experiences that had have analogs to um, the symptoms of having consumed shamanic-level uh, psychedelic drugs. And, okay, so what's going on here? Hang on, guys. We got more goofy um, kind of stuff on the side of the road. Who knows what's going on? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, people would get into these uh, mirrors. They would uh, see visions. Uh, many of these visions were horrific, uh, scared the absolute uh, piss out of the people. Uh, many of the individuals went in there once and they would not do it again. And we're talking people that were, you know, uh, advanced PhD kind of scientists in, in Russia land, right? Uh, Russian uh, top dog physicists uh, were doing these experiments and they experimented on themselves going into it. And they had many of them, many of these individuals said, that's it. Once is enough for me. I'm not going to do that again. 
uh, because of the uh, the mental effects, right? And these mental effects were persistent to some degree after an exposure. And some of the people that had had multiple exposures had very persistent effects uh, that would go on for months. Um, and these effects caused even caused body changes. So uh, there was um, uh, some level of manifestation such that there was even uh, uh, physical changes in the bodies of the subjects as well as their mind. Uh, some of the changes were like relatively subtle. Uh, there was a guy who was um, in his 70s and had uh, white hair, had white hair and a white beard, and his beard and hair reverted to uh, brown uh, and then over time became very black and his, his uh, beard and hair up until his exposure to the Cozy Rev Mirrors had never been black. The, the, at most he was a, you know, sort of a brown guy, right, a brunette. And now he was very definitely, uh, his hair had um, uh, incredibly black hair. So, uh, you know, so there were physical changes that nobody could have predicted, but we know that they had manifested as a result of these exposure to the Cozy Rib Mirrors. Um, there were, you know, all kinds of nasty effects in the sense of people going batshit crazy. And um, there were no murders as a result of this. Uh, there were uh, several attempted suicides. As far as I know, out of this one set of experiments, nobody actually was, uh, nobody actually ever suicided, but... Uh, there were a couple of um, people that were rescued from suicide attempts. So, uh, you know, it seriously affects your uh, mentition for some period of time. Um, the nature of what they saw was not like they were seeing... Uh, it's not like, uh, what's his name... Um, I can't think. John D. Okay, John D. was this guy who was a um, a shaman, a spy, uh, military strategist, all of these kind of things for the royals in England, uh, way back in the day. You know, I'm talking way back um, pre 15th century. Uh, so a long time back, right? Anyway, he used to do what was called scrying, where where S C R Y. Uh, where they would, you'd get a bowl of water or something, and you'd peer into it with like Zen intensity, and you would be presented with visions uh, as your perception was altered by the intensity of your staring, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was kind of a form of, um, uh, sort of a form of divination, right? And you'd you'd look to see what the spirits, what universe were going to bring you uh, in the the surface of this bowl of water. They used mercury. Not a good idea because of the vapors. Um, they would use alcohol with oil dissolved in it. All different kinds of things, hoping to get a better um, view into the future. So, so they did at least from the uh, 1600s onward, uh, as we we're coming out of the Kali Yuga, we came out in 16, last days of 1698. Um, that we did have some experimentation with scrying and some of our techniques to get better at it. And so they tried to find liquids that would be more amenable to giving you a view of the future. Anyway, though, so, so Cozy Rev's mirrors uh, did not uh, provide a scrying kind of a surface, okay? Cozy Rev's mirrors, the, the thing they built here was um, 
three meters, uh, so almost so nine feet in height, right? And um, uh, was a I don't I'd, I'd have to go and look, but it was like a lot of fucking aluminum in this uh, spiral. So it might have been. 30, 40, 50, 60 feet of aluminum that had been polished and uh, twisted into this uh, spiral that you could walk into. And then uh, there was a plate on the top and a plate on the bottom, uh, basically sealing the whole thing up, right? Also polished aluminum on the inside. They didn't polish the outside that was, um, uh, it, it was just left exposed. And it developed aluminum oxide on it. Aluminum is really interesting. If you're a welder, you'll know this. It takes you 3,500 degrees to melt through the aluminum oxide on a piece of uh, aluminum that's just left to the air. But the aluminum underneath will will melt at 1,200 degrees. So the instant you get through the um, uh, the aluminum oxide as a welder, you're already too hot uh, for the underlying aluminum. So that, so to weld aluminum takes a skill, takes a touch, it takes nuance and feeling. Uh, you can't just, you know, slap a, a torch on it and expect this stuff to fuse. Anyway, though, so they build the, the mirrors, people go into it. The experiences that they had, as I said, were much more, um, like a psychedelic journey than scrying or anything like that. There was no, there were lots of visions, uh, lots of uh, prescient uh, views of the future. Again, uh, and for most of the people, they were not understandable. There was no context in which to place them. Uh, they didn't go into them expecting anything. They they did get all of these uh, effects, which they noted down, but because they in a general sense, hadn't expected it, they didn't have any kind of like um, framework for examining what they were being presented in terms of prescient uh, images, That nor did they know those images would be prescient. One of the guys in the experiment that they write about, Cozy Rev having been long dead by the time that these guys started working with his mirrors, uh, but one of the guys noted that he was getting visions when he he was he would, had his own methodology. He would go in for some people would go in. They could stay for an hour and a half, and then they'd come out like a wet noodle, just totally exhausted. Their mind shot as though they had been indeed on a shamanic level uh, mushroom journey for you know ten or twelve hours. It was at that level of effect after about an hour and a half. This one guy though, and I I don't don't remember his name. Uh, one of the experimenters uh, would go in for like. Uh, anywhere from five, but no more than 15 minutes at a time. And he would do it repeatedly, um, you know, or once a day kind of a thing and note all the effects and so on. And he eventually got to the point where he wrote down that he thought he was getting prescient visions uh, that would show up approximately three months later in our manifesting reality. And so he started making notations of these, writing them down in his journal, the vision he got, and then later on, he would make um, annotations saying that, yes, this one actually appeared, it showed up this way, when he saw it in the, uh, the Cozy Rev mirror, it looked like, you know, uh, everybody was wearing overcoats, but when they actually manifest, uh, you know, only one guy was wearing overcoat, and he was uh, very striking or tall or something. So he noted differences between the manifestations of the prescient visions um, uh, and the visions themselves. Um, very interesting little experiment log to read. Uh, these these are can be found in the uh, Russian version of um, 
a book called Cozy Rev, Cozy Rev on Time. Okay, and it's actually about Cozy Rev writing about the subject of time, not about him being, um, uh, you know, precisely uh, ready for his appointment. That kind of a deal, right? Not that kind of on time. Anyway, um, Cozy Rev's mirrors present uh, a real anomaly that Western physics can't explain, or they can explain it. They try and explain it away, but. But they really don't. They don't. They can't tell you why or what is happening. And they say basically, it's all in your head. It's all mental effects, um, you know. And you're just deluding yourself to think that in that these other effects are actually appearing. Well, that's that's not really factual. Uh, we know that there are uh, physical effects like the guy's beard, but also other effects. Uh, these guys would take in uh, mass with them, and they would make measurements on the mass. I'm talking like, you know, lead weights, um, uh, mercury, even mercury in a powdered form where it's been bonded with other materials, all different kinds of things where they could uh, assay changes in mass. And they do get those, all right? So you do get changes in mass. So if you take in lead weights into the Cozy Rev mirror and they're there for any any length of time at all, from one minute to 20 minutes, that kind of a deal, uh, so it doesn't have to be there that long, they will pick up more weight. So you can take a lead weight, like, you know, from your barbell and it says 25 pounds and you actually weigh it and get it down to the to the milligram and you find out it's, you know, 25 point something 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 pounds right and then you go on into the into the cozy rev mirror with it you take a couple of other things and stack them all up and um, come back out and when you come back out with the with the lead weights and you weigh them on exactly the same scale they find they would find that they would have gained five six seven eight percent of weight right of of our um measurement of their impact or their interaction with gravity. And so we know that there were these physical effects that could actually be um, perceived and measured from within uh, uh, materials exposure to Cozy Rev's mirror. What was really fascinating were, were the um, experiments they did on water because water really reacted to the, to the mirror and uh, would take on uh, qualities that, that they described but but even the scientists there could not explain. Uh, they, uh, all right, so water is interesting. Water is non-compressible, okay? You can't compress water. This is the basis for all hydraulics, the fact that water is not compressible. You can squeeze the air out, all of that kind of stuff is, you know, so at a minor, small, fractional level, the water has some reaction to pressure, but it, the water itself is not compressible. Yet, when they would take water into um, the Cozy Rev mirror, it would lose volume, but would gain weight. So they would take a liter of water that weighed, and they would have the weight down to, you know, uh, five digits on the other side of the decimal point, and um, they would take it in, and uh, it would sit there, and then they would bring it out. It would not fill the container the way it did when they took it in. There was space that space would create a vacuum if the container was sealed. So, so the water itself was compressing to the point that it would create a vacuum within, the, uh, within a sealed container. And we're talking, you know, a thermos, that kind of thing, right? You wouldn't be able to get the thermos open because the water inside had um, 
uh, compressed and vacuum created a vacuum of some strength inside the uh, the thermos. And then they started investigating it, getting it down to you know how much it, it lost in volume, but it would actually gain in weight. It would so it would weigh more but fill up less space. There were limits. They could take. Um, water that had been uh, pre-exposed, that had been exposed once, take it in, and it might have some small marginal amount of uh, further action, but usually not. Usually they weren't able to measure anything that, uh, so it wouldn't compress more the second time or third or fourth that it had been taken into the, um, to the cozy rib mirror chamber. Um, but all of these things are, are going in support of my idea that time is the, the energy of our universe, our materium, and does not exist as a, like a separate thing uh, within the universe, okay? It is a, uh, an essential aspect of energy and everything else, and that we've just got a basically an, uh, an ass-backwards understanding in our physics as to how all this shit works. Uh, Cozy Rev is, um, was really on to it, though, I think. And we really need to recreate some of these uh, cozy rev mirrors and really start investigating some of these effects. One of the effects that was really interesting was that the individuals themselves, after they'd had one of these uh, mirror trips, uh, would find themselves to be in very increasingly, uh, increasingly psychic, and it would continue for some period of time that they would notice that they were becoming more psychic as a result of having had that exposure. This was commonly reported by, uh, I think, nearly everybody that went through the uh, mirror experiments, uh, all of the participants. And there, there were like uh, maybe three or four individuals that wrote voluminously about it and were very uh, prolific about and very uh, detailed in their, in their uh, notation about what had happened to them and how they thought they were more psychic and how um, it was manifesting. So... Um, very interesting there in terms of the understanding of time as a the motive force of universe and our um geez yep more road shit oh my god okay and our um uh materium here so we got stuff going on here i'm gonna have to um uh, sign off, boy. That's state level rigs. Okay. Anyway, I'm I'm back here and I got to go do stuff. Anyway. All right, guys. So time after time, make sure you understand where your time is and where it's going and <laughs> and what you're doing with it. And I'll talk to all you guys later.